Dive into our latest courses designed to enhance your bond with your furry friend. Whether you're a seasoned owner or a new puppy parent, there's something for everyone at dogspeak101.com. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Enroll now and take the first step toward a happier, well-behaved dog. Visit dogspeak101.com to browse our course catalog. Get 10% off all courses through February the 14th. Hey guys, and welcome to the Dog Speak Podcast. I am Nikki Ivey, your host. I am thrilled that you are joining me to talk puppies, dog training, real life manners, and more. Be sure to check out our Facebook page as well as our website at dogspeak101.com. Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Thanks for joining me this week. So my planned episode did not work out. I was going to have Dr. Gene Dodds with Hemopet uh, to be on today, but things just did not work out. So it has been a long day and I had to figure something out. So I was able to talk Britt into coming on and talking a little bit more about kind of her relationship uh, with Isabella and how far they have come together. Now, before I even start this, it has been a long day. And we are doing this, recording this about 9.30. Uh, so we've had dinner, had a couple glasses of wine, and now it's about 9.30, and we are trying to record this for you guys. So, uh, Brittany, thanks for being on. Yeah, thanks for letting me be on again. I'm really surprised that you wanted to do this because you're usually the, uh, you know, kind of the back room girl that takes care of everything in the back of the house to make sure that the front of the house is running properly. And many of you guys have talked to her on the phone, emailed with her. Uh, she pretty much does everything for Dog Speak except train the dogs. But I think that her uh, recent journey into dog training uh, with her pup, Isabella, um, I think has been an eye-opener for her. But also it allows me to have someone on that can help you guys understand where she's been and where she's going with her dog and the relationship and that change. Uh, with that. So what would you kind of say as we start this out talking about Isabella? Um, just take it and run with it. Yeah. So I think our, our latest thing has been us going to, um, we've been going to a friend's farm like every weekend uh, together, but Isabella and I have been going a few times a week just to go fishing and just kind of hike. And so She's been off leash like that entire time. Um, and I gotta admit, like the whole off leash thing is is terrifying to me. Um, I mean, you know my anxiety is through the roof most of the time. So you know, her being off leash, I'm I'm worried about, oh my gosh, is something gonna get her? Is she gonna run out in front of a car? You know, all these all these kinds of things. But it's really been awesome to have you know this space to allow her to run and allow us to kind of bond and um, I mean class certainly helped as far as you know the directions are concerned uh, this way come those kinds of things but to to really have a place to do it where you feel safe and uh, to know that like she's gonna respond uh, it's been 
really eye-opening because I honestly, I gotta say, I really thought this dog would, would never, ever be off-leash. I mean, I couldn't even get her to go from the car to the porch, um, you know, without her running through the neighborhood. So. And that happened, guys. Yeah, being able to do that was huge. And then from the door to the car, like that was amazing that she's she's doing that now. So, you know, and then, you know, the great thing too is she had a slip up the other day. I let her out of the car and, and told her to go to the porch and she ran to our neighbor's house. Our neighbor has a dog that is her best friend. Um, and I just went and got her. Like it was no big deal, but, you know, what seven months ago, eight months ago, I would have lost my mind. Oh, yeah. I would have panicked, and I would be screaming and, you know, all kinds of things. Um, yeah, and it's been, it, it has been a definitely a change in the relationship that you guys have. But I tell you, the farm that we go to, guys, is, what, 500 and, what, 47 acres 57, or something? 57, yeah. acres. And it is not fenced in. It is basically just all woods. It runs by the river. It is a beautiful piece of property. And uh, that's my favorite thing to do is kind of go and just start walking and, and my dog being off leash. But having the opportunity for Isabella to work on that there, I just see a whole new confidence, not only in Isabella, but in Brittany as well. Uh, I think that it, and you can you definitely let me know if I'm wrong here, but I think knowing that you have control of a situation like your dog running to your neighbors, that you know that there's a really good chance that it, the outcome will be in your favor mm -hmm. because you've trained for it, you've worked on it. How much does that help your anxiety versus not knowing what to do or not had worked, you know, not been working on it at all? Tell me about that anxiety because I know that I have clients that have told me I'm anxious. It makes me anxious to think my dog, think about my dog off leash. Honestly, the biggest thing that helped me was the waist leash. Um, so Nikki bought me this, um, what it was like a, sort of a utility belt type yeah. thing from Kurgo. Yeah. And you can change the length. Yeah. It's, it's great. Um, you know, it's got like a little treat pouch and all these things. Uh, no, Kurgo is not, you know, we're not. They're not paying us, but I. They would love. I, I would, I, yeah, I just. If you do want to be a sponsor, come on, because I've been screaming <laughs> your name all over the place. I just love this this particular belt. It's awesome because we hike a lot. So, um, I think that's been the biggest thing for me because when I get anxious and she's sort of, you know, goes in a direction where she's not supposed to, especially like on a long leash, um, you know, being hands off has really helped the situation. Um, yeah. she, she gets a little more freedom and I'm not yanking back on the leash and it almost feels like she's off leash, even though the leash is still attached to me. So that was a, that was a huge help. Well, I think in that situation too, instead of defaulting to using your hands to control her mm -hmm. by using the leash, you're forced to use your words. Yeah. Because you're not, you know, the, the leash is not readily into your hands to be able to grab and pull. I love the waist leashes for the fact that it does take the human's hands off that leash so that we're not trying to direct the dog that way, but always using those verbals first. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I've noticed a lot um, is that uh, Isabel has done a really good job at checking in. And she doesn't always check in all the way, 
but you can always see when she goes out of sight. She comes back, and she's kind of, and she looks at you, and it's almost like, "Are you coming?" Yeah. You know, we still going in that same direction, and then she goes on about her business. And I think when you have a, when you do a training session where every time the dog is checking in on you, they're getting a reward, and they get to go back and play, mm-hmm. then you're much more likely to have a dog doing that at other times. And I'm not talking about, you know, not all of you have a, a big farm to run on and, and, and keep it safe. You may have to find a ball field um, or, you know, see if you can rent out an, an agility area or even a daycare place. But, you know, there are ways that you can work with your dogs uh, in any situation of just of coming and checking in and, and looking at you and saying, hey, are we still here on the same team? And that can make a huge difference with the dog. And they can, you know, easily learn that I get to go out and play. I come in and check in on you. Sometimes I get a treat, and then I get to go back out and play. So you get a dog who's not thinking that every time they come to you, you're going to stop playing. Mm-hmm. Right? Or they're not going to get hooked up to a leash. Right. Yeah. And there were times that Isabella had to be on the leash at the farm. Um, but it was to help teach her. And everything was about teaching and I don't even remember when we made that decision of, okay, try her off leash. I know we had our 10-year-old Roddy with us. We had Double D with us, and she listens very well. Honestly, um, I think I think it was the first time we went. We we walked her on leash down to the uh, river, and then we just let them off just to see how they would do. Um, yeah, I think it was. It was, a And she, she just yeah. she hung out with her siblings. Mm-hmm. But me taking her out there a couple of times a week by ourselves and, you know, I'll be fishing and she just kind of roams and does her thing. But she does. She does come and check in on me. And it's it's more of like, you know, just running up, looking at me to make sure I'm still there. And then she goes and does her own thing again. Um, and now she's learned my whistle. Uh, which is, it is pitiful. A tiny whistle. It's nothing like it won't carry too far, but <laughs> it's the whistle we've always used with our dogs growing up. So it's funny, like it works with her. Um, but I mean, it it has been a lot of work, but I have gained a lot of confidence. Uh, just you know, and and also accepting, uh, you know, things are gonna happen. She's not gonna be perfect. And I just got to be ready for that. And that's that's the big thing about training the people, of teaching you how to prepare for situations where things are not perfect, how to really appreciate when things are really, really good, and not taking that for granted. If the owners can learn how to handle these type of, of issues or the good things, then I think they do build confidence and they won't be so afraid of having their dogs off leash. I think one of the biggest issues that people have is they they have this fear of their dog running in the road, getting hit by a car, running away and not seeing them again. And, and these are obviously worst case scenarios. But that fear of them doing that instead of avoiding any situation that would cause that, because let's be, let's be real, avoidance only lasts at a minimum 99% of the time. Avoidance is my jam. See, yeah, you love yep. avoidance, right? So you're like, I want to avoid that situation. But here's the thing is that you can't uh, you can't avoid every situation that's out there. At some point, it's going to come back and bite you in the butt. It's, it's like my clients that say, we never use the front door because I don't want my dog to learn to go out of it. 
because I'm scared because of the of the road. But we know that some kid, some guest, something is going to happen where that front door is going to be propped open. Yeah. And then what happens? Dog does exactly the same thing you were afraid of. How did? How do you tell people how do you get past that? How do you get past the fear enough to actually work it and and try it? Oh man, it's funny. So our gate is broken in our backyard and uh, we had horrible wind here. Well, like I think it was about two months ago and I went outside and saw that the gate was open and the dogs were outside. And because we can't see the gate from the back door. Yeah. You just let the dogs open and I mean, you know, let them out. Yeah. And I, I panicked. I was like, oh my God, this dog is running through the neighborhood. I don't know where she is. Cause that's what she's done in the past. I've, I've literally had to carry her back, you know, like a quarter of a mile because she was down the road somewhere. Yeah. And, um, and this has happened twice actually. Mm -hmm. So the first time she did go out the gate, even though we've been working on door control, you know, we haven't used it in a real life situation, so it's fine. Um, but her recall was on point. So she came right back. Uh, the second time, Oh, wait a minute. So before you say the second time, it's actually, I think I have the second time and you have the third time. Oh, maybe. So let me tell you the quick story. The second time was gate was open. I didn't know it. I had let, oh, I had let I'd her opened out. it for mowers. Yep, you opened yep. it for the mow guys. I, the mow guys? Sounds I mean, like a, it sounds like a, I don't know. Like a, a restaurant? 50s or, or 50s, 60s band. <laughs> uh, so the gate was. We'll go with it. So the gate, you opened it for the guys to mow. I let Isabella out and didn't know it. Went in and did something else. And I came out and the gate was open. And I thought, well, here we go. Now I'm going to have to look like Brittany going down, trying to find the dog, and I'm the dog trainer, and for the love of all, and before I even got to uh, the gate, um, I think, I, I don't even remember I even called her or not, but she just was like right there, and she came running back in mm -hmm. immediately, so yeah, her recall was on point, but that time she didn't go very far at all, so I think that was the second time. Yeah. Yeah. So now the third time. The third time, again, the wind we got to get this gate fixed. Um, let her out. Went outside. And she is standing by an open gate in the backyard. I was like, well, I said some choice words. But it was amazing. <laughs> and The good choice words. Yeah. It was, you know, holy crap. My dog is still standing in the backyard. And, and Dan was there, too. Um, and I'll, I'll give it to Dagan too. I think that she, you know, Isabel's really observant. She's a very intuitive dog. Oh yeah. Most border collies are. They are about uh, mimicking what they see. They're, and so I think she, to some degree, imitates Dagan in certain situations. I mean, we see that with her because she, she's not a barker. Right. But if Dagan is howling, she'll start howling. Yep. Um, yeah, she's definitely not a vocal dog. Mm-mm. Unless they is. Mimic. Yeah, so she's she was sitting there at the gate, almost like she was imitating Dan. And it it was really impressive. So back to your question about how do you get over that? It's it's really just about practice. Uh, yes. 
and and I know that's hard. It's it's really hard for those of us who have anxiety, like to to know that failure can happen. Um, but you know, Nikki's whole thing about setting your dog up for success has been helpful. You know, using the waist leash, using the long lead. You know, all these things. Setting up these scenarios has been really helpful and not waiting until we have these real life incidents where the wind blows the gate open. Uh, you know, we were watching a football game and the front door was open to get some air in the house and Isabella sort of put one foot out and you were like, you know, is that appropriate? And she came back in and, and we were able to keep the door open the whole time. And she stayed inside the house. And we didn't yell at her. I mean, we didn't use any type of leash or correction. It was just, it's, it's just been practice. And um, it's been really eye-opening to know that there's a lot of work that goes into it. I mean, these things don't just happen overnight. And there is no magic wand. You got to be consistent. You got to follow through. Even if you don't feel like it, <laughs> I mean, you gotta, because here's the thing, if I haven't, if I hadn't followed through, you know, she's almost two years old. She'll be two in February. So I would have a maniac of a dog. Mm, yes. And I would still be threatening to get rid of her. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so enjoyable now to see her. I mean, she's the funniest dog. She has the best personality. Uh, sometimes we we think that she understands full sentences. I mean, just it's, the way the way yeah. she looks at you. It's creepy. Uh, but you know, that's exactly what I was saying in the last episode um, about the importance of teaching your dog to make choices because it allows you to see what choices they would make, which gives you an idea about their personality, about their likes, their dislikes, um, you know, their goofiness, and, and just the fun. And relationship that you can have with your dog it just makes such a huge huge difference uh, when you give the dog that gift mm -hmm. of making those choices because to watch her run in the field and you know chase after birds and uh, and just be just a dog but knowing also that she's out there doing it with us it just really is a pretty thing and I actually put a video on Instagram um, I think it was on Sunday of she and I walking in the woods treasure hunting and she was off lead and she was listening well, she was staying close and we were deep wilderness next to the river. Um, and she just did exactly what I like a dog to do, things that I used to do with Dagan a lot. Now that she's 10, uh, you know, she doesn't go with me as often, uh, but uh, you know, that's what I want a dog, just be able to walk and the dog know that we're out here doing this together. And to see Isabella do that was just a beautiful thing for me. Um, but also, again, seeing how different you are with her has made a, you know, it's just made a huge difference. And, and you are a lot more confident when you are working with her or asking her to do something or taking control and, and kind of saying, look, you're tired, you need to go to bed. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that happens. A lot. Uh, I don't know why Isabella cannot put herself to bed, but she just can't. And then if she is gets all restless in the house, she has to go outside and rings the doorbell 12 times. And then she goes out and sits in the cold. It's a fun game. 
Yeah, I think the thing with her not going in the crate on her own is we've taught her threshold control <laughs> so well that <laughs> she needs permission to go to into her crate. Her crate. <laughs> uh, I just now thought of that. It you just now what? occurred to me that that might be the issue. That's interesting. That she doesn't know she can go in there by herself. You know, that's interesting because we have never worked on it to where we have just kind of rewarded her for going by herself. We would just put it on cue and, huh, that's something to think about. So yeah, that's we interesting. should. Is she not doing it? Yeah. Or does she just really not want to be locked in so she doesn't want to be caught in there or she doesn't want to miss out on something? So, no, I mean, she will, she will literally stand at the door of her crate sometimes when she's tired. And just won't go in? And won't go in until I tell her that it's okay to do so. Yeah, so I think that smart. I think that that might she's asking for permission to go <laughs> into, into the crate. Yeah, she might be that smart. I would not put it past. I her mean, y'all. you know, I mean, it's it, going back to the last episode where we were talking about her, just you know, her problem solving skills and me learning her personality and what's mm. important and what's not important. You know, there are things about her that are quirky, uh, as. With all dogs, they have their own thing. And, you know, every day I'm still learning. Like I said last time, don't put her in a box. And, you know, I'm not going to force her to do things that are against who she is as a dog. She is just a funny little, you know, lively border collie mix. <laughs> that I remember my mother <laughs> told me that... Um, I don't even know. She was like only like three, four months old. Even that, my mother was like, "Man, Nikki, that dog needs some Valium or some Xanax." Yeah. And she's right. I mean, when Isabella was a puppy, I would have loved to put her on some Xanax. She was way so much border collie. <laughs> Y'all, it was exhausting. Well, when Gray, gosh, I don't even remember where it was. It, oh, the first time I went to his class. And it was sort of the first time he had real interaction with, with her. He's like, yep, because he is a Border Collie and Aussie owner. Uh, yep, that's a Border Collie. You know, I mean, and again, we, we talked about this in the last podcast too. I grew up with a Border Collie. And to see her running through the woods and coming and checking in, that's exactly what Molly would do. Uh, so it's been really fun to kind of see that. But their personalities are so different. Isabella is so exuberant. And, you know, Molly was kind of this regal princess and, you know. Serious all the time. She was serious and independent. You know, she didn't play with toys. Oh, They wow. were beneath her. She was an adult. Uh, so... Definitely not Isabella. No, Isabella is all about playing with some stuff. Always, yeah. Which is awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I tell you, it, it's been a really, it's been just really pleasant for me to watch the relationship develop and watch your confidence grow and to know that we have a dog that really meets my standards. Um, <laughs> what are your standards for off, a dog? <laughs> off leash control is the most important thing. You know, I don't want to have to go. I don't want to walk in the woods with my dog on a leash. It is, it's just too much. And uh -huh. um, and of course, I've. I, you know, I was actually thinking about this Sunday whenever uh, Isabella and I were just she and I went walking in the woods. I think it. 
I enjoy it so much because it takes me back to doing search and rescue and human remains detection oh, yeah. where, you know, you're walking in the woods and you're watching your dog and uh, it was just, took, kind of took me back to that. Now, I just, it's something I really enjoy because I feel like it's such a, a team thing that you're doing. It's, it's such mm -hmm. a bondness that you're doing this, just you and your dog and, and, you know, the wild animals out there that you hope your dog doesn't chase after <laughs> because you've worked on that and and train that but so much better I, I just feel like that now that like Isabella has has been doing so good and, and just being more of an adult um it, it damn it I lost my train of thought once again did I mention earlier, guys, that this was a long day? It's been a really long day. It's been a long day. And it's only Monday. We're recording this on Monday. Uh, yeah, so it was a long day. but um, it's It's been a yeah. long few weeks, honestly. Well, that's true, too. We're ready for, ready, for, um, ready for Halloween, for holidays to come on. Yeah. Uh, a little time off. But anyway, getting back to Isabella. I feel like that she is much more the kind of dog she should be and that she is enjoying life so much because of the work you put in. And, and I really want my clients to understand and my listeners to, to hear this, that is it worth the work that you put in? Is it worth it in the long run to have that extra 10, 12 years of Absolutely. Dog? And, and you always preach that, you know, if you put this work in, for the first year, two years, you know, imagine the next 10 years you're going to have with this dog. Yeah. Instead of not doing anything on the front end and then, you know, the dog is seven and is having these behavioral issues. And I, and I get that people adopt dogs at different stages in their lives. They may be older, um, but regardless of where they are, as far as age, uh, you know, you've got to put that work in on the front end yeah. and, and it takes time and it takes effort and it's hard and you got to be consistent. You got to follow through and, oh, it's frustrating. Sometimes you're like, okay, fine. Just stay on the freaking couch. I don't care. Um, but <laughs> when, you know, I mean, it's, it's worth it to put that in, you know, regardless of if you get the dog at eight weeks, 10 weeks, or if you get it at eight years, just to put that in and, and really like just get to know them and see their personalities. Yeah. And it's really enjoyable. She's enjoyable. Yeah. And, and it just makes a huge difference in everything. It, I was thinking about, you said the eight year old, it, I immediately went to Champ. Oh, Champ. The Bloodhound hey. Lab. Champ, if your mom's <laughs> listening, uh, hi. Um, that he hey, spent Steph. 10 years on a, on a line outside and, uh, and just got adopted a few months ago. And he was in our level one class. And he is just full of joy and happiness. And he does really well off leash. Um, but it's just nice to see... They just got the dog, and here they're already putting mm -hmm. that in, and he's 10 years old. Yeah. But to watch that personality, and, and uh, I think I posted him on Instagram, too. You did, yeah. Uh, on our Dog Speak. He's Insta-famous right now. Insta-famous, yeah. yeah. It's just really cute, and I'm hoping to get some more video uh, in 2021. If Champ, I think Champ's come back to level two. Maybe. Uh, so, yeah, love that dog. Anyway, 
Um, see, we get off topic because we get these dogs like this. But yeah, it doesn't matter what age you get. If you just start teaching now, you can have these these beautiful years of off leash. Or you know, if you have them, if you have to have them on leash, fine. They're still good. But those times you can do off leash, the joy and the happiness in the dog, and just people watching their dog. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really is a different relationship and. Uh, because you can do so much more and and spend so much more time together. So uh, so I'm proud of you for putting that work in and but also getting through that anxiety because I think a lot of people do have that issue. Yeah. But I, I think that people just need to know that it's you can't prevent it from happening. It's going to happen at some point. Yeah. So be prepared. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny. is I, I talked to someone on the phone today who their ultimate goal is to have off-leash control and not so much control but you know from a dominating standpoint uh, but just knowing where the dog is and the do- you know having that bond yeah where they check in and and she was asking me if that's even possible and I said you know that's ultimately our goal that's Absolutely. that's Nikki's goal is to have that that off-leash relationship. I'm going to call it an off-leash relationship because that's, that's more accurate than off-leash control. You're Uh, right. Because that would look at something like we're not shock collars. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I'll say the, the off-leash relationship with the dog and, and she was so relieved. It was, you know, she's like, Oh my gosh, that's, that's what I want. And, you know, and some people don't want that and it's not feasible where they live or with their lifestyle and that's fine too. Um, but there are also manners that go along with that. And, you know, I've had to also teach that to Isabella. You know, we that's where we started and she still has to have leash manners when we're on a leash. And I really like things. the off-leash relationship. Yeah, I mean, that really that's is... That's what two glasses of wine does. Uh, hey, you know I what? I like things. it. You come up with some good yeah. names. I come up with some... Uh, off-leash relationship. Because <laughs> here's the thing. Off-leash relationship really can encompass that that behavior of off-leash outside your home, um, outside your yard, um, you know, or inside the home, right? Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. I think so many times people don't even think about that off-leash control but now we're going to change it to off-leash relationship that the dog is going to be in that off-leash situation a lot more than on-leash and I you said something probably six months ago and to someone and I and I heard you say your dog is off-leash 90% of the time yes and I was like, oh my God. No, they, they are. Right. <laughs> because we use we use the walls of our home to, con- to control them. Yeah, we're yeah. using our house to control the dog mm-hmm. as a leash. And no, like, let's work on that inside the house. Exactly. I mean, Isabella and I work on that with play. She will go, I was like, hey, tonight, do you want to you play? She ran to her toy box. She grabbed a toy. She brings it to me. And so we, you know, we tug and things like that. But in that game, we practice drop it, 
we practice sit, we're practicing self-control. We're practicing all these things and, and she does it and she gets the toy back. Going back to talking about yeah. using play yeah, absolutely. To, to teach these things. I mean, we're doing it in the house. It's not just something you do outside. Right. So. I think that's, a, I think really people just don't understand because I do get a lot of people that say, I don't care if my dog uh, will ever be, you know, will walk off leash. And what they're thinking is outside in the yard, mm -hmm. no leash attached. When the thing is, is the dog is off leash in the house and but here's another thing. Even if the dog is going to be outside the home, the dog needs more than just being attached to a leash. That's that's the other big thing is that, you know, you may not care about having that control outside of the home off leash, but you do need to have that behavior modified and those real life manners put in place for that off leash relationship inside the perimeter of the home. Mm -hmm. So I think people don't realize that they are off leash. Yeah. That relationship is always there. I think yeah. that's the roundabout way that I was trying to get there. That's <laughs> okay. I, I think I am getting um, again. It's been a really long, long day. day. It's been a long day. So well, and I mean, we we started at the very beginning practicing uh, just having her walk with me throughout the house. I mean, yeah. Now she follows me everywhere. She's like Velcro. Yes, that did uh, come back to bite us. Yeah, just she's she's like a toddler. Uh, I can't <laughs> go to the bathroom by myself anymore. She sticks her head in the shower just to make sure I'm in there. Yeah. Um, but you know, you do. I I didn't even think about it really until just now. But again, there's so many revelations tonight. I tell you what, it's, <laughs> it's happening. It's using um, using the house as a leash. Yeah. Use. <laughs> It is. You're, I mean, you're limiting options. That's what the house is for. But it's still the dog has choices. Yeah. And they need to make the choices. Yeah. So we're we're doing outside exercises inside before yes. we ever go outside. That is beautiful. See, Britt's pretty quiet during the day. <laughs> but you get you get one glass of wine in there, and she's just gonna be chatty Kathy. From it's the Appalachian Mountains. It's what I do. And um, she's going to come up with all kinds of really good things. <laughs> um, so, yeah. At least I'm not mumbling. No, you're not. And that's usually what she does, too. So, uh, <laughs> Which is probably why she sounds louder on this, because I had turned her mic up, because I expected her to be um, mumbling most of the night. But I think I'm mumbling, because I am, for some reason, my mouth is really dry. And, um, and I'm trying to suck down water. But... Uh, I feel like I'm doing mumbling tonight. No, you're good. Okay, good. Uh, so, so basically, the bottom line is, is people, my listeners, <laughs> people, people, my people, my people, my listeners, my dogs be geeks. Listen, you need to work on off-leash manners so you can develop your off-leash relationship. No matter if you're using the relationship inside the home or outside the home and I promise you if you allow your dog uh, to make those choices right to learn and work on those off-leash manners that you can avoid a lot of dangerous things that you may be afraid of but also you can really truly get to know your dog and and just see the joy in their face and the joy in your face when you're not you know, all tied down to a leash. 
And that's pretty much kind of the bottom line to this whole thing, <laughs> uh, I think, is where we were going. Well, I don't think we actually, we didn't have a destination. We just sort of made it up. Okay, uh, yeah, we kind of we, we came up with a lot of revelations. And I now think. I don't remember them because nobody wrote them down, so we're going to have to go back and listen to this. And I can find out what that is. We can, but I do know the off-leash relationship, I think, is a beautiful... You're welcome. Beautiful saying thank you. I like that. Can we trademark <laughs> that or copyright that? or I don't even know how that works. Sure. Uh, yeah, work on that. Add that to your list. Um, but so, there you go. Don't be afraid to work your dog off-leash because it makes an amazing relationship and all the wonderful things that you can do with your dog, whether or not you have your own farm. Uh, so, anyway, I hope you guys have enjoyed this week. Brett, thanks for coming on at this late night. Yeah. And doing this, and, and this is one of the longest ones that we've done. So, this is pretty great. I'm, I am going to probably have to go back and try to edit this thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, if there maybe are, we don't. If there are little, don't. like, gaps in there, we apologize. <laughs> We, we may have had to stop a couple times. But. I mean, you know, we'll see how this thing works out. Uh, but we appreciate you guys listening. Appreciate everything. If you uh, have not liked us on Facebook, go and check us out, Dogspeak101. Uh, like us on Instagram, Dogspeak. And also, don't forget our Patreon. We have uh, patreon.com. Uh, no, yeah, patreon.com slash Dogspeak. Uh, and of course, if you have any questions, comments, anything, send us a message on Facebook or email us at info at dogspeak101.com. We would love to hear from you and any ideas that you have for future episodes. I hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful week.